0: There goes that man's jock <laughs> Oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this
1: year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast.
0: In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Golf Kicks ever get the itch to go out golfing and not want to wear those uncomfortable golf shoes? Well, now you don't have to. Golf Kicks customizes any type of shoe from sandal to tennis shoe with the grooves you need to get your groove on out on the course. Use code OWN20 for 20% off at checkout. Screw your shoes.
1: Hello, hello. It is Friday. How's it going, my dude?
0: Oh, it's going. Day before the weekend. Excited to get into it.
1: Yeah. um, Bowl bowl season is finally upon us as well. Some bowl games going on today. We'll be highlighting some of those as well in a bit here. Uh, Before we do dive into our content, uh, as always, feel free to check out our socials down in the description link below. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, Any breaking news outside of our three episodes a week, you can find those over there. For our audio episodes, uh, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere associated with Anchor, you can find us over there. And as always, the five-star ratings help us move up the charts. Um, and for our merch, you can also find that in the description below, streamerloot.co. T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, all that good stuff, you can find that there. Um, and for the, just as a reminder, for those who have already heard this, maybe you haven't yet, uh, we are doing a raffle this uh, holiday season for a mystery box uh, for a sport of your choosing NFL, baseball, or hockey. Um, it is $10 for your first entry, five for your second, five for your third, with a total of three entries for $20. If you're interested in getting in on that, feel free to DM us on any of our socials or email us at in the league of their own podcast.com. Uh, Jumping into our NFL content here for the day, uh, what do you got?
0: So my first question to you, um, saw a big, big game last night out of Travis Kelsey, him obviously having two touchdowns, having a career high day. Who do you think is the best tight end in the league?
1: Yeah, we were texting back and forth during the game last night where you you had picked um, the Chargers to win. I picked the Chiefs to win. But on fantasy, I'm playing against Travis Kelsey. So I'm like, all right, I need the Chiefs to win, but he can't hit Travis Kelsey. The man goes off, has a career day, 191 yards, two toddies, uh, over 42 points in fantasy. It's going to take a lot for me to catch up on, on that this week. But, um, yeah, it's really two guys that come to mind when I think of the best tight ends in the league, and it's Travis Kelsey, George Kittle um and right now it's it's Travis Kelsey um not by a landslide but by a fair enough amount that I can say that confidently just because due to George Kittle's injuries time off the field um Kelsey's been able to to do what he does at a high level week in and week out um yeah and after last night having a career day especially on that Kansas City offense where there's so many other weapons they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield, you got Nicole Harbin. you got Tyreek Hill, all these other guys that can get the ball, and yet he's still doing, having the production he has. It's hard not to say he's the best tight end in the league right now.
0: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I'm going big Gronk. I think Gronkowski hands down is the best tight ends in the league just because of the fact, one, he doesn't get the ball as much as like a Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, just like you mentioned. He doesn't get the ball that much. But his stats are just unbelievable. Like looking at this year compared to Mark Andrews currently first, he's got 75 receptions on the year for 926 yards. Gronkowski has 38 receptions and he almost has 500. He's two yards shy of 500. He's got 498. So if you double that to the amount of receptions that Mark Andrews has, he has about 70 more yards at this point. They're both tied for touchdowns. Um, Dawson Knox is currently leading the league with eight but I'd say Gronk number one Kittle I'd put in that second spot and Travis Kelsey like you had mentioned I'd put him in that third spot Um, just because Gronk he's more of like a, a legitimate tight end not like a wide receiver he does a lot more blocking than he does catching and every single clutch ball that Brady needs to convert is going to Gronk and you never really see him miss catch so pretty interesting to see how that goes and yeah i think Gronkhouse he's definitely the best in the league
1: yeah um i mean he's he's another guy to throw in there too i was just kind of thinking of young and like potential for i don't know the next five to ten years but also gronk he retired came out of retirement and basically picked up where he left off so who knows how however long tom needs him he's probably going to keep playing pretty much so um Yeah, he's definitely another guy to throw into that conversation. That's for sure. Uh, My first question here for you. um, After the whole debacle down in Jacksonville, Urban Meyer is out as head coach. Uh, With the Jags firing him, who do you like taking over for him next season as offensive coordinator uh, Darrell Darrell, uh, Bevel uh, is going to finish out the season for him?
0: That's a great question. Uh, I don't know. I really have. I could see Bevel since he's been there quite a while with the organization. I could see if he succeeds or has any glimpse of success. I could see them sticking with him and just seeing how it's going to go with him. Then this this next year, um, obviously Urban getting out of there. Just hearing what the relief. It almost sounds like from everybody inside the organization. Now that he's gone, I feel like this team can actually focus on football and start doing football things again. And I don't know. I could just see them staying in, in the organization and I could see Bevel. I could see him being the head coach next season. Yeah. Unless it's coordinator, like B enemy. Like if he ever leaves the Chiefs and wants to be a head coach. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I think two of the guys that are kind of leading the odds case for taking over Jacksonville are Eric Benemy, defensive coordinator out of Kansas City, and then Josh McDaniels, of course, up from the Patriots to where, but also he's been kind of thrown in the conversation for a couple teams and he hasn't wanted to leave. And now their recent surge and him building a relationship with rookie quarterback Mac Jones, he could have another 20-year set in New England with, with him. So um, kind of a wild card to throw out there, which it would hurt our hometown team. A, a name I see on the list is Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett um, potentially going down there. He it has had a lot of success in Green Bay over the past couple of years, um, built a really good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Um, between the the change from McCarthy over to LaFleur. The offense really hasn't changed a whole lot as far as um the production. If anything, with with LaFleur coming in, they, they might have went up a little bit just with the knowledge that LaFleur brings to the table. But like I said, it's a wild card. He's far, farther down on the list. I think he's like eighth or tenth, eighth or tenth on the list as far as best odds to get the coaching position in Jacksonville. But um, just firsthand, I mean, looking at what he's done with the Packers over the past couple of years, they definitely uh, be getting a good one out of him if he did, does decide to go down there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a that's a guy that I totally forgot about.
1: That, like I said, it's a wild card. I think he's like plus two thousand and plus three thousand odds to take the position. So, because again, you have Aaron Rodgers, but also. If Rodgers leaves, does that bump him up into the top couple, couple guys' conversation of, all right, Rodgers is gone. This, I see the direction this team is going. I'm jumping ship to go try to rebuild a different team. So,
0: yeah, but do you, that's always the question. Is like, do you think he wants to rebuild this late in his career?
1: I don't even know how old he, he can't be like, he's not old like Belichick or Andy Reid, old, but. At the same time, if you take on a position 38. like 38, Hackett,
0: oh, Rogers.
1: Oh, I'll say Nathaniel Hackett. As far oh, as oh, yeah,
0: he's a younger guy, he's yeah. a younger guy. I was talking Rogers when you mentioned like Rogers, like if he leaves, like where it's just like he he ain't gonna rebuild, he ain't leaving.
1: Yeah, no, I was saying a rebuild for Nathaniel Hackett. Like the mm. like for the success that he's had in Green Bay, does he want to jump ship and go to a Jacksonville to a team that he's gonna to have to rebuild versus if he stays in Green Bay or takes right. on a different coaching position, like Pete Kers out in Seattle? That's a much better situation to inherit than Jacksonville. Where
0: if Russ stays.
1: Yeah, if Russ stays again, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of the, a lot of these teams are really rolling on one. I mean, the starting quarterback are one or one of two key guys from being a playoff or a Super Bowl contender to the bottom of the league in one year.
0: Right. Yeah. Then my next question for you What player do you think deserves to be mentioned in the MVP conversation who currently isn't one of the favorited people to win? So I'm going to say outside of Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. Outside of those six, who do you think is deserving to be in the MVP conversation?
1: Yeah, I'm going to circle back to what we talked about on Wednesday, Cooper Cup. Again, leading, lo- looking for that triple crown this year as a receiver, first time in f- 16 years that a receiver would be able to do it. Um, I don't know. I like Cooper Cup where <clears throat> if he's able to do that and to t- or a- able to finish out the triple crown – push the Rams to a playoff run with Matt Stafford. Um, All it takes is a couple bad games are these guys ahead of him to boost him up the list of the MVP conversation. Um, Yeah. He's just kind of on the outside looking in right now, as far as that goes, but if he can break some records, even um, I know, what what was Michael Thomas's receptions record? Um, That was like, that was broken the, two years ago to where I don't know if – he's got to be close to on pace for breaking that, given they do have an extra game this season, so that helps him. But even in a 16-game season, I think that it's possible for him to break that too. 149. And he's at what,
2: 102?
1: a 100-something. 100 113. Yeah. So over –
0: Three, so he four course. more weeks. He, yeah, he needs 30 some catches.
1: Which is easily doable for him. Over so, the regular
0: season, over the
1: next – how many games left? Three? Four. four. It's week 15. 15, 16, 17, Yeah, four weeks left.
0: Could you play the Ravens? We play Vikings and the Lions. And Cleveland. Browns on Christmas, yep so he oh yeah he's getting that for sure
1: yeah so again with the with the season he's having if he's able to do the triple crown and on top of it break michael thomas's like receptions record like i don't know again if sports betting was legal in wisconsin i'd be throwing some money on him right now
0: yeah i i'm sticking with the guy kirk i'm sticking with kirk cousins if he can somehow, he's Cooper Cup's odds are currently one to ten thousand, ten thousand odds. Brady's currently favored at minus one seventy five. Rodgers a second at plus five fifty. Kirk Cousins plus twenty thousand. That's my guy. I really think with the season that he's having, like I said, he's still in that conversation. He's only has one more interception than Aaron Rodgers, but another three hundred and something. He's played also two more games than Aaron Rodgers has played this year, so. I still think that's phenomenal for him to be at that mark. QBR obviously slipped a little bit with those interceptions the last week when he threw three. But I think Kirk, if he gets them to the playoffs, he should be. He should be the guy. Unless Brady throws for 50 touchdowns. That's the only thing I could – like, if he can throw for 50 touchdowns, you know,
1: hands down, give it to him. yeah. It's Brady. It's Brady's award to lose at this point. Yeah. If he if he can equal what he's done and coast the rest of the season, he wins it. If he obviously does better, all right, done deal. It's his. Like it take it take probably a couple like bit, losing two of the last four games, multi-interception games, and then. Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford to all step up and have three, 400 yard, three, four touchdown days back to, back to back to back to back to knock him off that pedestal. But as we all know, that's when it comes to the, to December football, that's where Tom Brady thrives. So um, obviously it'd be great to see Aaron Rodgers win it back to back, but I don't know. I, it just, like I said, it seems like it's Brady's award to lose at this point. Yeah, I agree. Sticking with Brady, uh, for my last NFL question here for you, the way it's looking, the way it's trending, there's a lot of analysts, like news sources talking about it, trying to hype this up. If we do end up with a Brady-Belichick Super Bowl, who wins it?
0: I'm going to go with the Pats just because one, there's a couple reasons. One, Bruce Arians is underneath from the Belichick tree. So he kind of already knows what he's all about. He knows what Tom's all about. He knows what Gronk's all about. He knows what AB is all about. He knows what a lot of those guys are about, especially being an older guy and them having a lot of vets on their team. Them almost beating them already earlier in the season when Mac Jones didn't know anything about the NFL yet at this point. Now we're this getting this late into the season where the Patriots look like a train rolling downhill. Um, it's going to come down to the defense. And New England's defense is way better than Tampa Bay's right now. Like at this point. Obviously, if Tampa continues to peak and they can look like the team that they did last year where they completely shut down the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, like, that's a really good defense. They have the players and the pieces to do it. Just like there's a couple other teams outside of that conversation as well who have the defenses and the offenses aligning up to be able to actually do it. But I'd say New England.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like, when I when I like came up with this question and was thinking, like, over the past really 24 hours about it, like uh, like, kind of going back and forth, a pros and cons list, like – Brady's the goat like no no questions about it but Belichick is not going to let Brady beat him twice and I'm pulling it up here trying to find it where the heck are the Patriots Colts that's who they play because I'm just curious to see if this checks out oh never mind I was checking to see if when the Patriots win uh, because they're on their what one two three four five six. 7. 7 game win streak. If their loss to the Bucks was their last loss, but it, the Cowboys beat them in overtime 2 mm-hmm. weeks later. Um but yeah, kind of going back to that I thought was, it was a Sunday night game. Um back earlier in the season week 4, um very low scoring game. Um again, Brady ended up winning it. Really came down to the uh Patriots missing a kick at the end <laughs> too. Um, and like you said, Patriots defense is better right now. Mac Jones has looked phenomenal. Bill always has something up his sleeve. I mean, in that game, to hold t- that Tom Brady offense to under 20 points, that's that's impressive. And I think that if they do both meet again in the Super Bowl, he has more up his sleeve. Um yeah, so I agree with you. I think Belichick gets his revenge. And who knows if the if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, then it's the start of another dynasty in Mac Jones in New England for another 15-20 years.
0: Yeah, currently as we sit, Patriots have the number one overall defense in the league. Followed by the Broncos, Bills, Cardinals, Panthers throughout the top five. Packers are ninth. Colts are 10th. Bucks. 15th just like we said their defense has been a weakness this year especially for the teams that can air it out against the bucks that's been their weakness this year
1: like the bills last week yep mounting their comeback
0: yeah it's gonna be a lot like like we said so many good games With a lot of, you know, inclinations with playoff seedings, who's going to be going, you know, staying afloat, who's going to be going home, who's going to be taking that slide. It's going to be a real interesting weekend of football. It is. And then speaking of our Packers this weekend, um, we're going to bring on our NFL insider for the Green Bay Packers. John, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Oh, it's going.
2: Yep, we're so gonna have a good one. Good one this Sunday.
0: Yeah, you wanna fill us in a little bit about what's all going on?
2: Sure will. The last time these guys played each other was two thousand thirteen. Packers end up winning nineteen seventeen. This year we got the Packers ten and three with the Ravens eight and five. Injuries have um hurt hurt both teams but more Ravens have been decimated with injuries this year. Um, Packers are favored by five and a half, um, 43 and a half over under.
0: Um, who do you think is going to win? The, who do you think is going to win the game this weekend?
2: Well, I believe, I believe um, that bad man <laughs> is going to end up, uh, taking control of this game. I I think uh, Baltimore doesn't have enough offense-wise. The defense is stellar. Going to stop the running game of the Packers, but you got Aaron Rodgers left and it's going to be all him. I I'm I'm thinking uh Packers is going to take this one like 30 to 20.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. And then you were talking about the injuries. You want to update us a little bit on on those?
2: Yes, we got uh, Kenny Clark, the Packers, just put on the COVID list. Um, and on the other side, uh, Chuck Clark, uh, they put on the COVID list. Uh, otherwise, there's like uh, eleven guys that didn't practice today for the Ravens. Um, we'll know more probably before game time uh, time decisions Lamar's in practice. practice uh, Huntley got the Tyler Huntley got the starts the reps in practice um, if Lamar's not ready Huntley's there and how he did last week uh, he did okay so I think Ravens will be ready to go
1: so 30 to, 30 to 20 is your final for the Packers um as far as taking the win as far as the Ravens kind of keeping the Ravens fans hopes alive if they somehow do pull off this win at home what is it going to take from the Ravens side to get it done
2: for them to get it done they are they can't turn the ball over too many too many miscues have led two mistakes, led to points from them in previous games and their losses. And Green Bay's defense is uh, top 10 and it's looking better and better each week as they get more guys back from injury.
0: Yeah, is there any update on Bakhtiari or Smith or Alexander at all?
2: Um, Alexander, I believe he's coming back um, this week. And Bakhtiari, he practiced a little bit, Um, still don't know if it's a full go or we'll have to take a look when when we get closer to the game.
0: Well, sounds good. Thank you so much for that information. Um, We were looking forward to watching the game on Sunday and looking forward to our conversation again next Friday.
2: Well, let me ask you one question: <laughs> What do you think the score is going to be before we go? Uh,
0: I'm going to say Green Bay. Green Bay, thirty-five, Baltimore,
1: seventeen. All right. I think it's. I think it's going to be close. I think that the um, Huntley or not. Green Bay has struggled against the run all year. Um, again, they have some guys beat up, but it seems like no matter who the Packers play, they they, they give up a lot of yards on the ground. So I, I think that's what's going to kind of keep the Ravens in this game. I think it's going to be close. 31-27 Green Bay is my prediction for this week. Yeah,
0: I'm going to take a touchdown off. I'm going to go
1: 28-17. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much, John.
2: Yeah, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Sounds good. Have a good one.
2: Go Pack.
1: Yeah. um, Wrapping up our NFL talk then, uh, moving over to the hardwood here. Um, I guess I'll throw my first question at you it, switch it up on you here. With Russell Westbrook out with COVID um, for tonight's game, uh, and at least for the foreseeable future, Do you think this is going to hurt hurt or help the Lakers?
0: I actually think it's going to help, and especially this lines up with my first question so we can kind of combine them. I was basically talking about Isaiah Thomas signing and getting his 10-day contract with the Lakers, obviously coming in due to fill into that role um, for Russell being out. I feel like just how we mentioned the other day, I think they're stuck with him. So he's going to be on the bench. I feel like they bring Isaiah Thomas in. He starts at the guard spot at the point spot. He's going to facilitate. Russell's going to come off the bench for energy extra. Just because he has that ability to take over a game in little spurts. So if you just let him come in the game, when LeBron AD take a rest and just let him go, go wild. Just like what we're used to seeing with Russell. I feel like that could be the only way that this Lakers team gets the best use out of him. But yeah, I think that I think they're going to do very well with Isaiah Thomas coming in and filling in that role. He just had 41 points the other the other night in the G League, so I'm glad he's getting a shot.
1: Yeah, it's definitely nice to see him get back into the league. Um, he's bounced around between a lot of teams, but he <clears throat> immediately steps in and has an impact no matter what team he's on. He's known for that. And as for Russell Westbrook, I agree with you 100% that it's going to help the Lakers. Uh, The Lakers are in the bottom five of the league as far as turning the ball over. Russell Westbrook leads both the NBA and point guards for turnovers per game, 4.6 turnovers a game. That just can't happen. Um, And yeah, with him out of the lineup. LeBron having his surge of his vintage game after vintage game over the past two weeks. I think we start to see AD even wake up a little bit. LeBron gives him a little nudge. Hey dude, you're kind of going through the motions here with him out. Need you to step up tonight. I could see the Lakers kind of having a statement game um, between AD LeBron. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously with with a guy like Russell Westbrook, the team isn't going to be, better as a whole without him but like you said bring him off the bench bring him in short short bursts um get mismatches where when the other team brings bench players in you bring him off your bench to get those mismatches against some of those guys um yeah the lakers have an opportunity to turn things around here they're barely above 500 still kind of in the mix at that uh six seed in the west they have a a really good opportunity to kind of make a surge here. uh, If these adjustments uh, go the right way.
0: Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think the Lakers are going to blow the Timberwolves out tonight. I feel like they're going to make a statement game. Like we're coming for y'all and they really have good, a good contestion of games here in the next couple bulls, Suns, nets, are three of their next six games. So they have their hands full with who they're about to be playing. We're going to see what this Lakers team is all about, especially now that they've moved the pieces around. LeBron seems like he's finally figured out his formula that he needs for him to be successful now that he's doing it every night. And like you said, I believe AD taking all this heat, especially for him not performing, what he. Sports media, including us, we've been on him. Like, he's easily one of the two best players, like most talented players in the league. Him and Giannis are one and two. What does Giannis do that AD doesn't? He has the will and the want to go do it, and AD just doesn't have that yet, where he just can say, okay, I'm taking over the game. Like, he easily has the capability to do so. He just needs to take the, take the wheel and grab and
1: drive. Sure. And my last question for the NBA here for you. Um, kind of sticking with guys who go the extra distance, have that extra drive. Um, all-star game is still a little ways away, but um it's always voted on by the fans as far as who is selected for the all-star game, and then they always have the two captains pick their teams between the guys that are selected. Which player this year do you think receives the most votes for an all-star selection?
0: Steph, <clears throat> Steph or KD? Yeah, I feel like people are almost past the point of like LeBron, 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 where it's Steph, Steph, KD, Giannis. But I don't know. A lot of people love Steph. He's a really likable guy, so I feel mm-hmm. like Steph.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like you said, he's a really likable guy on and off the court. Just. I've never heard really a bad thing ever said about the guy. Um, And, yeah, KD, I feel like, would be second as well. But, yeah, with Steph, the season he's having, still leading the MVP race, getting the the three-point record this week, like, things are just trending up for him right now. Um, And, yeah, I think he gets the most votes this year as well.
0: Then my last NBA question for you. Do you think now, at this point, KD deserves to be number one in the MVP conversation, especially after his last four games since James Harden's been out. Nets 4-0. He's had 31-51, 34-34, playing all but three minutes total in all the games.
1: Yeah, I mean, as good as of, of a season Steph is having, he has other contributors on that team to lean on, uh, Draymond Green um guys off off the bench uh jordan Poole has been having himself a year um i mean obviously that team would, would they be first in the nba without Steph? definitely not but looking at the nets their situation with guys out playing a tough like defensive like centered eastern conference and he's still being able to do what he does
0: yeah he's on the floor basically with four
1: rookies <clears throat> yeah um Yeah. I mean, that's the definition of MVP in my book to where I think the Warriors would find ways to win games with the guys they have. The Nets would be a bottom five team in the league without KD as their team currently stands. And that's the epitome of MVP, most valuable player to your team that that's KD right now. Um, so yeah, I would put him a little bit ahead of Steph once the Nets get healthy. Um, if if KD can still continue to do what he does, he probably takes over the MVP conversation, especially with Clay coming back, still uh, on pace to come back in the next couple of weeks here, at least before the new year. Um, that's gonna take take the ball out of out of Steph's hands a little bit because I'm sure he, I mean, those two have such a good chemistry where. Um, Steph feeds Clay, Clay feeds Steph. And I'm sure Steph is going to – is static to get Clay back on the court where he's going to try to get him the ball a little bit extra just to, like, my boy's back, I got to get him the ball kind of thing. So, um, yeah, between those all those factors and kind of the way it's leaning, yeah, KD, I would, I would say he passed Curry this week in the MVP conversation. Not by a lot. It's going to be fun coming down the stretch, which – Which guy kind of separates himself down the stretch?
0: For those reasons that you just mentioned, I feel like KD surpassed him in a big way. Not just a little way, due to playing with four rookies. Having his lowest rebound game since Harden's been out is five. His lowest assist game has been six. Like, he's doing it all. He's playing defense. He's leading the charge. He's, like... This is the KD that we've all been waiting. I've been waiting to see the one to do it all on both ends of the floor. Show that you're the guy. He's been showing it that he's the guy as of late. I think he keeps us up. And I think he's, I think this is a revenge tour right now for last year. with his toe being on the line. I think that this season, then that's our full go like, and hopes that James Harden is supposed to be back maybe mid January and who knows about Kyrie when he rejoins the team, especially because I know that recently was conversed that opposing teams who are unvaccinated players are still allowed to play at that arena. But because he lives in New York, that he can't do it. So it's like so opposing people can come in. So it's like if he moves out of the state, is he allowed to be an opposing in New Jersey? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's interesting things coming around here. Um, But, yeah, KD's got this, and I think he's running away with it.
1: Sounds good. Uh, Making the Staples Center switch from hardwood to ice, um, over in the NHL here, my first question for you. Uh, The Maple Leafs are winners of two straight and seven of their last ten. Will the Leafs finally get past their first round hump this year? Or is there a good stretch of hockey if just giving false hope to Toronto fans?
0: It really all depends where they're going to finish. Just because... Every team is so good in, in the East. Like, there's so many good teams that are in the East that even if you're playing bottom-end teams, that's going to be your best chance to win. For just how the top three and basically each division has separated themselves in the Metro and the Atlantic, at this, like there's six dominant teams in the East. Bruins, we still don't know yet because they still have a couple games to make up yet. But other than that, there's like six true established teams in the East. So what? There's two spots left to fight for. <laughs> Um, Toronto has proven themselves that they are a very good team. The moves that they've made again in the off season, every single year they've continued to make the moves get a little bit better, a little bit better. I do think that this is the year that they do get past the first round. Who knows how far they do go, but I can definitely see them at least winning the first round unless they're, unless Toronto Maple Leafs are just cursed.
1: Yeah. I mean, Right now at the second spot in the East, I mean, tie, tied with Tampa, but Tampa has a game in hand, so that's kind of why why they sit second in the East right now. Um, it like As much as you want to be a high-seeded team, it can also be shaky because if you're a high-seeded team, you're playing a low-seeded team. Now, is that low-seeded team there because they've hit a bad stretch of hockey and fell down the ranks, or is it a team getting hot that was on the outside looking in that snuck in that – As a one seed, a two seed, do you want to play a team that's played really good hockey for two or three weeks to end the season and secure themselves a playoff spot? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I like Toronto getting past that hump this year. Just, I mean, as a fan of any sport, it's good to see a team break any bad trend. Um, They have the right pieces to do it. Again, they've been playing really good hockey as of late. Yeah, I'd like to see them get past it, too, this year. But like I said, it depends on who – obviously, it depends on who they play. And once it gets to the playoff hockey, every team is a good team. You've outlasted the other half of the league when it comes to that point. Um, like I said, it all depends on if the team they played is hit a bad streak and fell down the rinks or if it's a team that got hot and snuck in. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see.
0: Sounds good. Then over to my first question for you. Um, Wednesday, kind of asked you about the Canadian teams with the jerseys being thrown on the ice. Last night, another casualty. This time, an American team, New, the New Jersey Devils, um, lost against Vegas Golden Knights last night. Uh, video surfaced earlier this afternoon of that happening last night. Looks like it's Jersey throwing season this year. Uh, when you just hate your team, you just take off your Jersey and just launch it over the glass. Um, who do you think is the next club to have a Jersey on the ice?
1: I'm looking at one matchup tonight and I don't know if to off the top of my head because I know for um, the Canadians Flyers game, was that two? Was that last night or two nights? That ago? was yesterday. They didn't have fans in the arena. Is that all Canadian teams?
0: I believe so. Montreal is the one that's like above, <laughs> like stricter than the rest. I know that they were fifty percent capacity. The rest of Canadian teams. And I know Montreal said that they were going with zero.
1: Okay. Well, if they, I mean, as so long as there are fans in the arena tonight, because obviously if there's no fans in the arena, there's nobody to throw a jersey on the ice. The matchup I'm looking at tonight where we could possibly see another one get thrown on, Capitals visiting the Winnipeg Jets, 7 o'clock tonight. Um, Capitals, again, top team in the Metro, Ovechkin's rolling. Um, I can see the Capitals getting a, a blowout on the road. Jets fans – upset with the other team played and we could see Winnipeg throwing one on the ice tonight um none of the other games tonight are really giving me those kind of vibes otherwise tomorrow um
0: the Flyers lose to the goddamn Senators there will be Flyers jerseys on the ice
1: (laughs) I I was just looking at that game too um that one or well the Canucks the, the Canucks already threw one on the ice right
0: Correct. And Turner did as well.
1: Yeah. So then, yeah, two games, either tonight, it's going to be Capitals jets or tomorrow if the senators do come into Philly. Yeah. I could see that happening as well.
0: Yeah. I don't know who who it's going to be. If the penguins lose to the Sabres tonight, I could see that happening. Don't think the Jets are going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I think the next team, it's either going to be Philly or Pittsburgh, one of the Pennsylvania squads, just because their fans are just so ruthless and they love hockey. Yeah. All right, going to my first NHL question here, or excuse me, it's your turn.
1: Oh, I didn't even notice. I forgot that that was your question I thought that was my too not gonna lie um yeah my last my last hockey question for you here um less of kind of diving into a player a team I'm more or less diving into your thoughts having played the game of hockey as long as you did what would you say is the toughest skill to master on the ice hmm whether it's overall skating I puck control yeah. i, w- like I would say
0: i wouldn't say a certain skill is the most difficult thing i would say the vision like just the vision of knowing where everything is going to be three steps five steps ahead of where it where it currently is at, like just knowing where the puck's going to go, where kind of people are going to be. I feel like that is the biggest trait. Um, and the one of the biggest separators as far as you go up the ladder, as far as skill-wise in the game of hockey, just because it, you can be taught how to skate faster, puck handle better, shoot fast, you know, like all those things are tangible skills that you can practice and continue to learn where the vision part of it. You kind of just you have that or you kind of don't like there's really no like like you either fully get it or you just have no clue. And that's one of the things that's more difficult to also master and understand. And also have other teammates who are also on the same page, that type of thing. So I'd say the the vision or hockey sense is what they call it of just having that sixth sense of just right place, right time, knowing where to be.
1: Sounds good. And obviously, this is a one-sided question. I was just I was just curious as far as I don't know. The more the more I've watched hockey over the last couple of years, and just kind of understanding the game more, and seeing where guys thrive, where guys struggle. I just wanted to tap into the mind of like somebody who's been there and done that, as to on the ice seeing a guy who has that vision, who anticipates stuff a couple steps ahead, like the Connor McDavid's, like the. Ovechkin to where he can get to a spot in any given moment. Cause he knows, all right, the puck's coming or McDavid taking advantage of a, a team that's out of position for two seconds. Um, yeah.
0: that And another thing I'd add to that, I'd take your confidence too. Like keeping that as even if keel as you can, because you the highs are really high and the lows are very, very low. And just to be on that even keel where every shift you really never know what's, you know, kind of just playing one shift at a time and not mm-hmm. really focusing about anything other than that at that point. Like.
1: Is there ever a given time where you go on the ice uh, on a on a shift where you think you're going to score a goal more, like, than a previous shift, like – to where yeah. like and like the ice tilts a certain way where it's like you're sitting on the bench and you're like you have that itch it's like next time I'm back on the ice like I'm either setting up somebody or I'm hitting in the back of the net myself like do you feel the game tilt that way sometimes or is it just every shift is the same and it's just a matter of the cards aligning the right way that it just happens when you're on the ice at that time
0: No you can definitely feel it coming like you he- the the, end, the ice tilts so much; it's never really been. The only time it's ever really balanced is off of the start of a game or a start of a period. That's kind of where the where you know you get twenty minutes off the ice. You're sitting in the locker room, and you get to come back out, and you're basically restarting all over. Those are really the only two, <laughs> mo- three moments really the puck drops of the first, second, and the third where it's actually pretty much dead even. Other than that, you can really feel all these guys are just skating way faster than us. Like we just feel pinned. We're stuck in our end where you get the, then that's where the coaching part of it really makes a huge difference at the upper levels is because you have your first line, you hold them out and you get them out against the other team's fourth line, way more skilled guys, way, whatever. Like you can definitely get those like matchups to where you can, you know, try to get a goal like that. But as far as like feeling it, yeah, you definitely can feel whether you're going to get scored on or whether your team's just going to go out there and score. Like, everybody knows it. Like, you, f- it's, it's, it's crazy how that works like that. That was a really good question. But, yeah, you could just be like, all right, we were so close on the last one. Our team's just buzzing right now. We got it in their end. They're worn down. This next one, let's do it. All ba right, ba-ba-ba-bang. You know, it's all right. It's just, yeah, it's, that was a really good question. And then my um, last question for you here. I know you brought up the Winnipeg Jets playing the Capitals tonight. Their coach, um, Paul Maurice, just resigned earlier today, basically saying their team's doing all right, their expectations are whatever, but he feels like there's just a time for where a new voice can come in and change things up and maybe shake up how they're playing, energize the boys a little bit more. Do you do you see them making the playoffs? I know they currently sit right almost in the middle of that central division. Um, do you see them having, it? you know, do you see them making the playoffs?
1: If they do, it's definitely going to be as a wild card. Because, again, looking at that central, Minnesota playing phenomenal, Nashville kind of, um, I guess, taking the league a little bit by, by surprise as far as how good they've been playing and, and stick, sticking with it uh blues playing really good hockey colorado finally finally turning things around and winning games as they catch up with their couple games in pocket um and then winnipeg in that fifth spot in the central um again sitting at 31 points they're only nine points behind minnesota um i mean nine points separate first and, and fifth right now which is i mean tight compared to other divisions at least at this given time um and sometimes, again, all it takes is a coach. What coach was that? Was that last week or two weeks ago, where they had a coach?
0: Vancouver. Vancouver. they theirs, and they're and, six in a row right now.
1: Yeah, and they've had a surge. I see the same thing happening with Winnipeg, and again, they have a lot, a, a much smaller um, window to cover. I mean, again, only five, four, or yeah, five points back from Colorado. That's three, four games that they could. If they continue their streak, again, Colorado's having themselves a good streak, too. They lost last time out, but they've won seven of their last ten. Um, Nashville, six in a row, eight of their last ten. Like All these teams at the top of the Central are playing really good hockey. I think this change for Winnipeg gives them that extra push that they need. I I don't see them finishing in the top three of the Central, but I do see them definitely in the race for a wild card spot.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you. Um, How they play, their team style fits perfectly with how the Central and the Pacific, big, heavy bodies. And that's how they're going to get there is by their defense and by their goal. And Connor Halibut is a hell of a goaltender. He's basically kept them in it years past when they've made the playoffs. I feel like we see a surge from them, like you said, coaching change. Sometimes it's not even the coach is doing bad. Sometimes it's just a change. Like a, a simple change is all that needs to be made for a new outlook, a new whatever. Like you said, I feel like this team rolls after this coaching change. I can see them getting in. I think that they
1: get in. Sounds good. Then over to our other category question. Um, this weekend, um, Jake Paul, um, I guess kind of circling back at uh, weeks ago, we talked about, Him fighting uh, Tommy Fury. Fury Fury had an injury. Um, He forfeited or backed out of the fight. Tyron Woodley, who's been staying conditioned, keeps training, wanted a rematch. He takes his spot. And tomorrow, um, they get their their rematch um, from just a couple months ago or in the spring. I can't remember when their last fight was. It was this year. So, like, it, it wasn't too long ago. Um, Do you see Jake Paul staying undefeated this weekend or will will Tyron Woodley hand him his first loss and get revenge?
0: I hope Woodley wins. He's been training for a while, especially because he wanted to become a boxer just as well as as Paul has. But I don't think he gets it done. I hope that he gets it done, but I think Paul's going to beat him. Just as hard as that guy trains and shit, man. Like, a lot of people just think that he's just doing this to make a mockery of the sport and all that type of shit. Like, he actually works his ass off. Like, he went moved to some other country and trained with all these fucking guys in this mountain for a long time. Like, he, this kid's dedicated. I give him that. He works hard. A hard work dedication usually equals success. So... I think Jake Paul wins this one, even though I'd like to see Woodley knock his ass out.
1: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It'd be nice to see him finally get a, a notch a notch against him. But the cards are just falling right for Jake Paul, where he beats Woodley twice in one year. He stays undefeated. That opens up for him to get the respect to fight Conor McGregor, uh, uh, Tommy Fury, um, if, if they decide to circle back around to that matchup um some of these other guys like Dylan Dennis who keeps calling out Jake Paul to fight him who's a better fighter than anybody that Paul's ever fought yet um yeah if he's able if he if he's able to get it done this weekend um uh, that again that opens up him to be able to fight a lot of these other big guys and like you said early on it seemed like he was making a mockery and it was just like, he was picking and choosing who he fought because he knew he could beat them with the right conditioning, things like that. But I mean, the guy keeps winning. Like it's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to, to go against him and say, Oh, it's all, it's all for show when he keeps winning. If it was just for show to him, if it was just about money, he wouldn't care about winning. He's getting paid win or lose, but like you said, hard work dedication. Um, he seems like he's taking it seriously. So, yeah, Paul wins. But, like you said, be nice to see what they knock him out. Then, on to my last
0: question here. Last night, the Wisconsin Badgers women's volleyball team ended up beating Louisville three sets to two in the semifinals and will advance. Nebraska ended up beating number three, Pittsburgh, three to one. Wisconsin and Nebraska battle it out on Saturday for the championship. Do the Wisconsin Badgers win or does Nebraska knock off number two, number three, and number four to win the NCAA tournament?
1: Yeah, it's it's good. Two, two big 10 schools representing volleyball. Awesome to see that. Um, kind of looking at the highlights of, the uh, really both sides last night, Nebraska pretty much handed it to Pittsburgh winning three sets to one. It seemed like they were really in control the whole way on the other side, as much as you could be in, in control, I would say Wisconsin was taking out an undefeated Louisville. I mean, got to roll with the W. I mean, taking out, taking out an undefeated team, that pressure coming in, knowing that oh, this team has never lost, uh, lost a match this year. I mean, it's hard It's hard not to um, stand behind our Lady Badgers. I think they get it done. Though, Nebraska, they're chasing their sixth uh, volleyball championship. So, they've been there. They've done it. They know what it takes to get it done as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good one tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, got to stick with that Wisconsin pride.
0: Yeah, the Badgers were also in the championship last year, ended up losing to Stanford. Um, f- this is gonna be a really good game to watch. Like both teams, big big ladies on the front, fucking power in that ball. Like this is gonna be a, a a game for the ages. Obviously, I'm gonna stick with the W. Go Batters, go. Um. 3-1. Three, three sets to one. I don't think this goes five.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, and
0: Nebraska and... though. Shout out! What a trip for them to get here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, wrapping
0: beating number two Texas three to one, number three Pittsburgh three to one, and now you're playing number four Wisconsin. <laughs> That's their last three matches, number two, number three, and now number four. And the Badgers have had an e, kind of an easy roll. Played Wisconsin. We played UCLA, who was 13, three out of them. Minnesota, who was 12, three out them. Then yesterday, you get the one. But, yeah, big weekend.
1: Yeah. Speaking of a big weekend, finally getting rolling with some bowl games here. Um, actually, I didn't even look yet. For, for uh, Kind of to catch everybody up, uh, last episode, we um, we kind of in- implemented a fun segment where we'll be doing a coin flip generator to kind of pick the winner of...
0: Middle uh, to the sea.
1: Yeah. Um, I saw
0: this guy. Did you see the bet that that
1: guy put down? No, I didn't.
0: Some guy because it's bowl season. Bleacher Report posted it. Five cent bet. It was hundred and eighty-six million odds. You pick twenty-six bowl games, all money line. You picked Toledo on the first one. <laughs> he would have won like eight hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars, some crazy off of five cents. But
1: <laughs> he lost the first one. Yeah. And speaking of losing the first one, so did our coin. Um, we, we're, we're flipping a coin for all uh, 44 bowl games here to see kind of how the coin does. Um, and if just at random odds, if it picks a team favored, if a team that is favored to win loses. Toledo was 10-point favorites in, in this one. They lost 31-24. That game just finished up not too long ago. The other game the night that we predicted uh, in the Cure Bowl also an upset, the coin predicted Northern Illinois or, um, over Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina, who was 10-point favorites, are now 12-point favorites. Uh, game kicks off here in a, uh, about an hour. Well, hour from now, our time, 4 o'clock. But by the time you guys listen to this, the game will be over with. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if the, the coin is over, too, to start the first two games here. But uh, the rest of the games this weekend – uh, we have six more games for the coin to predict the first, the Boca Raton bowl, Western boca Kentucky, Raton. Boca Raton rat, Raton, Boca Raton, uh, Boca Raton bowl, uh, Western Kentucky uh, eight and five Appalachian state 10 and three Appalachian state is two and a half point favorites. Uh, the way we're doing the coin here again, oh, the, the, Away team is heads, home team is tails. Let me pull up the generator here quick and see what we're looking at.
0: If you just want to keep this screen up, I'll read the – I can do the thing and we can – you can just flip it so we can get them all. Yeah. All
1: right, first up here, Western Kentucky, Appalachian State. Let's see who wins. Western Kentucky with the upset.
0: Sounds good. Then we're going to our next game, which is the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl. We have UTEP 7-5 and five, facing Fresno State 9-3. Fresno is favored by 11.5 points. Let's see who the coin picks. And we have another upset. YouTube. Upset.
1: All right. The coin is liking upsets,
0: apparently. <laughs> Let's see if it really does. <laughs> the next game, the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. UAB 8 and 4 versus 13 ranked BYU. BYU currently favored by six and a half points. Does the coin go with the upset again? It does not. It does not. BYU Next game, Lending Tree Bowl. We have Eastern Michigan and Liberty, both seven and five on the season. Liberty's favored by nine and a half points.
1: Another upset, Eastern, Eastern Michigan.
0: Michigan.
1: Fly Eagles fly.
0: That's a big cover. Both of those are big <laughs> covers. <laughs> then coming down to our second t- to last game of the night here, we have Utah State 10 and 3 on the year versus the Oregon State Beavers in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. The Beavers. Touchdown favorites.
1: Oregon State.
0: Oregon State. Even though the record is, but they are the favorite. Yeah. And then the last matchup of the night Louisiana ranked 23rd on the year, 12 and 1, taking on Marshall. Louisiana is four-point favorites. Who does the coin take?
1: Louisiana. Louisiana. Sounds so, good. So, yeah, the coin is Owen uh, one to start well, here. I
0: guess, I guess we could do the two on Monday that are going to be before our episode goes up quick, too.
1: Oh, yeah, good call, good call. Let me bring this back up.
0: And that last one was the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, by the way. The next two, Old Dominion and Tulsa, bowl six and six on the year, face off in the Myrtle Beach poll or Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Bowl <laughs> presented by Tax Act. <laughs> that, that was a tongue twister. It, it is. <laughs> Tulsa is favored by nine. All
1: right. And we got. Old Dominion with an upset over Tulsa.
0: And then the last matchup before. Um,
1: oh, that's it. There's only one well, game.
0: There's Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, the there is one because that was on Tuesday. All right, yeah. Call.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Then that's eight. Wait, one, two, three, four. Yeah, eight Eight bowl games. Going on that have not been predicted yet, coins off to an 0-1 start. Um, yeah, we'll see how how it shakes out at the end here. Predicting a lot of upsets this weekend, but I mean, the first game was an upset, so if that's any indication of what we're expecting this bowl season, the coin might not be as wrong as it's looking. So, Yeah,
0: yeah, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Like we said, a lot of action college football bowl games NCAA volleyball championship tomorrow games on Sunday obviously the NFL schedule could be moving around here with games being postponed technically and whatnot so we'll fill you in on social medias across the board once that news comes out so have a great weekend everyone we'll see you guys on Monday